Hello, and welcome to the Humanists at Work four-part podcast on the ACLS Public Fellows Program. I'm Beth Green, Communications Manager at the UC Humanities Research Institute. Today, we're talking with Laurel Veloder, who has a PhD in literature from UC Santa Cruz and held two State Department positions as a public fellow, the Public Affairs Officer at the Office of International Religious Freedom and the Program Officer in the Office of International Visitors. Laurel, welcome. Thank you. So first off, can you tell us briefly about what you did in your positions as a public fellow? Sure. Um, as a public fellow, I was fortunate enough to be able to work in two positions at the State Department. Um, as you mentioned, my first was as a foreign affairs officer in the Office of International Religious Freedom. And in that position, I was assigned a portfolio of countries in Europe. And it took me a while to figure out what the job was about. But basically, I was synthesizing information about religious freedom issues from a lot of different sources, um, like the media, um, uh, our contacts at the embassies, um, intelligence reports, that sort of thing. And I would bring it all together and put it into formats that could keep our leadership informed, such as talking points or issues analysis or speeches that they were going to give. And the main product of our office was the International Religious Freedom Report. We published that annually for every country in the world. Um, so that was my first position. My second position was as a program officer in the Office of International Visitors. And in that position, I worked on short-term exchanges for visiting young leaders from Europe. And they usually came to the US for three weeks and visited two or three American cities. And the visits were organized around topics that they worked on back in Europe, such as civil rights or entrepreneurship or energy policy. And this job was a lot of fun because I got to spend time with these visiting leaders during the DC portion of their visit and you know, take them around to meetings, um, help orient them to the city, and then they would fly off to other cities. So those were my two years as a public fellow. That sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really interesting work. Very different from being a grad student. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can imagine. What stands out to you as the biggest benefit and challenge of your experience? Um, as far as the biggest benefit, I would say it was definitely just the opportunity to get work experience in the federal government. Um, you know, as you know, when you're a grad student doing a PhD, you're off the job market for a lot of time. In my case, it was about seven years. And it would have been really difficult to market myself for a non-academic job if I were jumping straight from my grad program onto the job market. And I found, unfortunately, prospective employers don't often see the value of a PhD in the humanities. Um, we know that we have a lot to offer. You know, we have writing skills and critical thinking skills, communication skills, and ability to learn a whole lot of new tasks quickly. But employers are often looking for people who know how to do really specific tasks, which um, you know I didn't have coming from that PhD program. So this offered me a chance to build up my resume and also to work with colleagues who could later serve as professional references. Um, you know, if you're interested in work for the federal government, it's kind of a catch-22 because it's really hard to get a federal job if you don't already have federal work experience. So this gave me probably the only path to employment that I might have had. Um, and it also gave me a chance to really learn the USA job system very well because it's not intuitive. Um, I took about a year and a half of, to learn and to apply to many, many positions and to work with the career counselor at the State Department. So that gave me the chance to start to actually have some chance of success in getting through that system. So I think the biggest challenge was adjusting to a totally different culture than academia. Um, you know, a lot of things have become ingrained in me as a graduate student. 
and I had to set those aside, and that was tough. Uh, one big thing was plagiarism. You know, as graduate students, we know that we can absolutely never plagiarize our work, but in the federal government, sort of plagiarism is actually encouraged because it can take a really long time to get language cleared. So if you can find language that's already been written and already been cleared, then you're actually encouraged to use it. So the whole notion of authorship is very different. Um, another difference in the culture is the depth of knowledge. You know, when you're a graduate student, you it's all about developing a depth of knowledge in your research topic. And in many parts of government, you may be assigned a portfolio that you don't actually know a whole lot of, about. And you've got to get up to speed really quickly and you've got to become comfortable doing that job uh, without having that depth of knowledge that you would really like to have. This made me feel very insecure at first. I thought people would think that I was a fraud. Um, but I quickly learned that a lot of people didn't know a whole lot about their, their areas, but they were doing their best and actually did a pretty good job. So that was something new for me. Um, and I don't want to sound too negative. There are definitely positive differences in the culture as well. But um, these were some, some issues that were difficult to, to adjust to. Yeah, you're so used to being an expert. You yeah, know? You, yeah, you have to kind of give that up. And I yeah. think we were, we kind of learn as grad students that we don't necessarily have the right to speak about something until we really have a depth of knowledge. And I had to get comfortable just kind of talking off the cuff about stuff I wasn't totally sure about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, I never felt as a graduate student that I knew everything about my like little corner of a topic. And right. so to, to speak on something that was not just something really small and specific, but something super broad that I would think, you know, you take 50 years to learn. Mm -hmm. you know, that's just a Exactly. I had to do a lot of ob observation of other people and to realize they were speaking with confidence, even though they didn't have all that knowledge under their belt. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> why can't I do the same? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Why did you choose to apply for the ACLS Public Fellows Program? Well, when I was finishing up my PhD, um, the academic job market in the humanities was pretty grim. Uh, it probably still is from what I hear. Um, in addition to that, I knew that my particular research topic was probably not going to make me particularly competitive. Um, I had really chosen it because it was what I loved and not because it was going to make me marketable. Um, but I think more than that, I also had some serious doubts that academia was the right place for me. I really, really loved research, but I I didn't love teaching. I liked it well enough. I didn't love it. And I knew that as a professor, that would be, I should say, if I were lucky enough to become a professor, that would be my primary professional activity. Um, I also knew from prior work experience that I felt most fulfilled when my work had a direct impact on the world. And it could be that since I did have prior work experience, the whole prospect of looking outside of ac academia for my career wasn't quite so daunting as it might have been for, you know, for some people from, who had just gone straight through school. Um, as for why I chose the ACLS program in particular, um, it was just kind of lucky. My, my advisor forwarded me the call for applications, and this was um, the inaugural year of the program, so it hadn't existed previously. And this was when I was just finishing out my dissertation, and I was kind of dreading going on in the academic job market, but not sure what else to do. And it just sounded like a great program, so I thought, why not give it a try? And um, luckily, it worked out. And what did you do in graduate school or afterward to prepare to become a public fellow? So when I was in graduate school, um, this program didn't exist. So it was totally not on my radar at all. Um, however, if I had been savvier, I would have done more in grad school to prepare for a career outside of academia, generally speaking. 
um, uh, by chance before grad school I had worked as a grant writer at an NGO and so throughout graduate school I continued doing some grant writing for different NGOs on a freelance basis or as a volunteer so I think that definitely um, helped prepare me um, but I wasn't really doing it with a purpose in mind I was just doing it because I enjoyed it and, and still had some contacts in that field who you know were asking me if I could do some work for them. Um, as for after the graduate program, I actually applied for the public fellows program just a few months after I finished my PhD, so I didn't really have time to do much of anything. So I think today the grad students are hopefully in a much better position because when I was finishing my PhD, all that careers really weren't talked about, and they were pretty. It was pretty stigmatized. Um, not really in my in my uh, program in particular. Um, but I did get the message that, you know, that's okay if you want to look outside of academia, but we can't do much to help you. Um, so I didn't really have any specific suggestions for what to do. So I hope that, you know, the kids today <laughs> have a lot more information at hand and can take some of these steps earlier on. Based on that, what advice would you have for prospective applicants? Um, I think it's really important to show that you're genuinely interested in a career in public service as your first choice, and not just that this is a plan B if the academic job market doesn't work out. Um, I think, you know, I can't speak for the ACLS Public Fellow Program, but if I were in the position evaluating applications, I would want to see that people really want this. Um, and I think one way that you could show this is to show that you have experience working in the public service in some capacity. Um, and if you don't already have that, I think, you know, if you're still in grad school, there are still plenty of opportunities to volunteer with organizations that do this kind of work. Um, and of course, time is really tight, um, but, you know, even a few hours a week, that's something that you can put on your resume. And I think it's just not enough to say that public service is something you believe in. I think it helps to show that you've actually worked in it. Um, along those lines, I think it's also important to show that you have some professional experience outside of your graduate program. You know, I think as grad students, we gain some really excellent experience as teaching assistants and research assistants, and this is sadly really undervalued um, by prospective employers outside of academia. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I think if you've gone all the way through school, prospective employers aren't going to be sure that you can function in the so-called real world. And so I think it helps if you've had some job, at least, where you were, you know, working in a different sector just to show that, that you can function. Um, again, this is where volunteering could help to build up your resume um, in advance of applying. So those are the two main things that come to mind. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Humanists at Work is made possible with the support of the Modern Language Association's Connected Academics, preparing doctoral students of language and literature for a variety of careers initiative. For more information, please visit our website, humwork.uchri.org, and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Humanists at Work.